If you have your Bibles this morning, and I hope you do, and you want to open them up, turn to 2 Peter 3.11. Oh, Nelly, put that Bible away. He's just going to put that verse on the screen in a minute. You can also look up here on the screen, and we'll have the scripture there so you can see right where we are. See, I told you. I ain't opened my Bible up in over a year. I don't even know why I bring it. Today on Real Pastors Talk, technology, the Bible, and your church. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Rural Pastors Talk, a podcast highlighting the advancement of Christ's kingdom in rural places, just like the town you live in. The rural church is not the baby pool we splash around in before moving on to bigger opportunities. It's not the place we're confined until we can take off those training wheels. And it is not God's penalty box as a punishment for breaking the rules. No, Jesus died for his people. And as long as Christ's people live in rural places, a vibrant, healthy, multiplying presence of his church will be there too. Hello, my name is TJ Freeman. I'm the lead pastor here at Wellsboro Bible Church, and the weather is just glorious outside. Joe just picked me up off the side of the road after (laughs) I enjoyed a quick stroll. At the Rite Aid. Yes, I forgot that I was supposed to drive separately somewhere, and I was abandoned in town, and I had a nice little walk. It reminded me of back when the church was in town, and I would walk to lunch places, and I kind of missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm joined by my brothers. Hey, I'm Joe. I'm the MAD. That would be member care, assimilation, and discipleship here at Wellsboro Bible Church. Why are you not the MAD pastor? Because I'm not a pastor. Why? I'm an elder intern. There it is. That's good. So here at Wellsboro Bible Church. In great humility, Joe went from pastorjoewagner at gmail.com <clears throat> to the MAD at wellsborobible.com, um, and he's humbly submitted to our elder internship process. Glad you're doing it. Thanks, man. Glad I'm here. And we also have... Hello, Joshua McLaren, pastoral assistant here at Wellsboro Bible Church. And then Diet Pepsi. Oh, that's yours, Josh? Yes. Ah, I see. Next to the Diet Pepsi is... Trevor Rout, pastoral intern at Wellsboro Bible Church. And... Zeke Zimmerman, pastoral intern of children and youth at Wellsboro Bible Church. Nice. Trayvon, since he one-upped you, you may give your description if you want. Pastoral intern of counseling and discipleship. Nice. Why do we have titles for those things? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but we'll figure it out. Hey, uh, in this episode of Real Pastors Talk, who likes adrenaline? An idea to help get people into their Bibles. Trevor is going to review Solos. Makes me think of silence. Silence. Is it Solos of the Lambs? And a quote by Edmund Calamy to encourage you. Short banner question. Do you like adrenaline? Who here likes adrenaline? And what kind of adrenaline are we talking about? Yes. Like, the, oh my goodness, I almost ran into that cow kind of adrenaline? Or, <laughs> ah, roller Very coasters rare are cool. To rural church ministry. <laughs> I was more thinking ro- roller coasters are cool. Yeah. <laughs> I feel right. like I get adrenaline when I'm about to shoot something. It ah, gets me excited. Yeah. I like that. You like Animals. shooting something? Animals. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. You do, we know you have a ghost rifle. So. <laughs> yes. I guess it's not a ghost anymore that you talked about it. It's more like a zombie rifle. Zombie yeah. rifle. Yes. It needs cleaned anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Joe? You like it or don't like it? Yeah, dig it. Do I you good? like roller coasters? I like the roller coaster thing, except for like the spinny rides where you throw up. Mm. But I like the adrenaline sort of roller coasters. Do you, Would you skydive? Yeah. Never. You would. J- Josh? Nope. Brothers? I'm interested. I don't like heights. Would Zeke? you? Zeke says no. Trevor says skydive. I do like roller He's coasters, got a thumb up. Shark yeah. dive. Shark dive in a cage? Nope. Oh, I would absolutely. I, I would love to do that. I would be terrified every single second, but yeah. I'd do it. 
Yeah, that's a thing for you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't have that thing, and I think that would be a blast. But jumping out of an airplane, not at all on my list. It would take me a little while to get out the door. <laughs> my wife's done it. She has, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing about that. Um, I've decided I generally don't like adrenaline. Hmm. And that feeling right before you shoot a gun, Josh, mm-hmm. I also have, and I don't like it. <laughs> but I do, I, once I start shooting, I, I'm fine. Anyway, um, speaking of adrenaline, you know what the biggest rush is? Uh, a three-piece rock band from the 1970s? <laughs> that is. Very well. <laughs> I didn't have a good segue either. Yeah. Which is why I kicked it to you. But we are going to talk about something that really isn't adrenaline-inducing at all. And that is the topic of whether or not you should put Bible verses on the screen oh. during a church service. It used to be all the rage, and maybe it still is. Yeah. Well, going all the way back to the PowerPoint days, mm-hmm. it was the thing with all your moving transitions. Genesis 1-1 in the beginning. <laughs> Genesis 1-2. Remember those? Yeah. It'd be like Star Wars where the swipes and the cuts would be going across. Yeah, that's right. They even had the PowerPoint slide that goes off in this stuff. Yeah. I used to, in a previous job, I would sell projectors to churches on over the telephone, like a mail order marketing sort of thing. Projectors used to be like two or $3,000. And I mean, still, there's some are that are big that way, but we couldn't keep them in stock. You can also get them for sixteen ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> On the Amazons. On the Amazons. This is pre-Amazon. But you they, can get a projector. off the shelves. Oh, yeah. At the thousands of dollar range. At the thousands mm-hmm. of dollar range. Well, they're a lot better than overheads. When I first started in ministry, we still had an overhead projector. And we would I remember. marker the words right on there. and Or photocopy them. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, um, there was still a, an old overhead projector in the church attic at our previous building. And it went to the street. And somebody took it. Did <laughs> Mm-hmm. Somebody could find something fun to do with that. Well, the cool thing we used to do with them is if you wanted to draw something on the wall. Oh yeah, puppet shadow puppets too. Those <laughs> the uh, miming of the shadow puppets was not a great podcast choice mm. there for, yeah. for me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> silence tends to bring out the best in a podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, the question is: Is it a good idea to do this? Um, you could ask. About hymnals as well. Is it okay mm-hmm. to project lyrics versus having a hymnal? Um, but we're specifically focusing on scripture. But since I asked the question, I wonder what you guys think about that. Projecting lyrics versus having a hymnal. What do you think, Joe? Do both. Do both. What's the advantage of having the hymnal? Uh, the people who can read music and open yeah. that up and they can read the music and they can sing parts and harmonies. But they a die and breed. They are, but maybe we should resurrect mm-hmm. them. Yeah, we've actually tried that before t- teaching some of the notes one time we had everybody hum the note really? at the beginning of a song and then we tried to sing it at the very least though it's helpful to know okay the note goes up a little bit mm-hmm. or down a little bit or up a lot of bit or down a lot of bit that helps a little bit uh, i i didn't grow up reading music but i'm teaching myself to and i i value it so we put on average what what do you guys think three out of the four months or three out of the four weeks in a month we have a hymn sheet in the bulletin because we don't have hymnals. Mm. Oh, it would be difficult. In yeah. some situations, it is difficult to, if you're, especially if you're setting chairs. Mm-hmm. So you've got to set out however many chairs and you've got to set however many bulletins. Then when you go to stack the chairs, all the bulletins fall out, Correct. the bindings break, and those sorts of things. Yes. And by bulletins, you mean hymnals. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, that has been helpful to have something like that. So, yeah, we can still do something like that. But for years, we projected our scripture for the scripture reading. Mm-hmm. And there was a season before that where we did it both for the scripture reading and for the sermon text. For the sermon. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Often. And this is this was my reasoning for it. So I'm in my main text, and then I'm just going to bounce around to different supporting texts quickly. Right? Bang, 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 bang. Three or four different supporting texts. I'm like, I don't want to slow me down and uh, don't want to ruin the flow of the sermon and have people flipping in their own Bibles to find that scripture. Mm. And that was my reasoning behind it, but it was a faulty reasoning. Well, I'll tell you, um, I had us during the middle of the sermon, I had us go from the book of John to Philippians last week. And we went a few other places, more than normal, probably too many other places. We were taking a whirlwind tour of the whole Bible. Um, But it is uncomfortable waiting Mm -hmm. while you're preaching for for people to get there. But sometimes you can't just say, hey, later, go look up Philippians 2. It's better to just pause and see it there. But it takes a little bit of discipline to stand there and wait where it may, in that case, have actually served everyone better if I would have put that particular verse on the screen, they could have jotted it down. Right. So that I, maybe that's an argument for times where it could happen, mm-hmm. that you could do it, and that seems like a good thing. Um, also, there's a wide range of Bible translations. Yeah. So, you know, you have a lot of people who might be in the, the authorized version, and we're using the unauthorized version. <laughs> um, or people might be in the NIV. That's a super right. common translation, and we're reading from the ESV. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of a specific example and a specific word. I can't come up with it right now, but I've had probably two or three times in my ministry career when I've been like in this passage from probably an ESV, mm. and somebody has come to me from an NIV yeah. or like I don't know another translation and said. My Bible didn't have that word, that specific word that you spent all that time right. going into the Greek and explaining. It was something mm-hmm. completely different, and that kind of threw them off a little bit. Yeah, so if you have a, a uniform translation on the screen, that could that could be helpful. Right. So The thing that drives you bonkers is when you have that uniform on the screen, but somebody gets up to read, and they're reading it from something different. Mm, oh. Yes. And yes. that's confusing, too. We have a Josh to mitigate that. Yeah. <laughs> It yeah, happens most of the time. Many Joshes. But you know what happens a lot still is a difference in the translation based on the year. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we have the 2011 ESV in the Bible, but somebody else has a, a newer yeah, uh, revision. Stick with, stick with the 84 NIV. And you're good. There you go. Yeah, I don't want to go past that. Indeed. Um, yes, I almost got on a rabbit trail. But I'm, <laughs> I'm shooting the rabbit, and I am going to um, this thought is, you know, if we think about what that does though the convenience of having the scripture on the screen that creates a pattern in our worship services that you referred to in our beautifully written cold open Mm. what is that pattern of getting open your opening up your bible finding the passage and reading along with it which we kill by putting it on the screen yes yeah so i went to a church a few years ago where nobody brought their Bible. I was the only one. And I thought about why, and I think it had a lot to do with the fact that they would often just put the scripture on the screen, or maybe in that case they weren't really using the Bible a whole lot anyway. Right. But we want the scriptures to be put forth 
as the authority in front of the congregation, not as us. And I think even not as us doing our homework and putting the scripture on the screen. I think letting the people see it in what many in the Protestant Reformation died for, having their own copy of the Word of God right in front of them, that they can hold and see that the things that the church is teaching are actually true themselves. We don't want to just spoon feed, here's what it is. You should actually go in there. So we've stopped displaying scripture on the screen almost at any time. There's a few random occasions when, when we might do it. I can't even think of any off the top of my head. Josh, can you think of any times at the call top of your head? Oh, call to worship. Yeah, Thank you. That's, yep. that's not random. And then the, uh, <laughs> the assurance of pardon. Yes, those the two, two times we do it. Um, because leading up to the call to worship is a moment of silent reflection, and we don't want to interrupt that moment of silent reflection with leafing through the Bible. Right. So, but we do want them to see it, so it's there. Uh, and the same with the assurance of pardon. We're coming straight out of a prayer of confession into the assurance of pardon, uh, but we do hope that people would go back and look these things right. up to see if they're true. So for the scripture readings themselves, we have a scripture reading every service. We'll actually pause and say, would you please turn here? Sometimes I forget to do that, and I feel really bad when I do. Um, but it's worth taking that extra time to say, let's actually get in the Bible together. So, And then we have some things that we've tried to do to normalize people getting in the Bible who maybe aren't usually in the Bible. Mm -hmm. For instance, have you picked up up on any of them in your time as the mad here? What Uh, we do to know... I don't want to get it wrong. Well, that's okay. (laughs) It's not a pass or fail test. There are probably three times throughout the service where... Whether it is the uh, uh, the the pastor, the, the the preacher, or the service leader, will say to open up that Bible. It's right there under the seat in front of you. Um, if you don't have one at home, that's our gift to you. Um, it's important to do this. Can I screech you to a halt for a second? Yes, please. Yeah, you're. Do- I'm barking up the wrong tree. No, you're doing it right. You're doing it right. This is where I was headed. So one thing to note would be that you have Bibles that are provided in the chair for anybody who didn't bring one. So the expectation is that you will bring one, which is why you have a pet peeve. Right, and kind of wrote it into the cold open a little bit. It is my pet peeve when when uh, somebody from the front, whether it's the, the preacher or service leader, says, if you have your Bible with you, um, Christians should be bringing their Bibles to church. Now, I understand that there are some folks who might be a visitor or they're, they're not a believer and they don't have a Bible and they haven't brought it in. I... I, I I think that we're setting a bad precedent when we say generally to the Christians in our pews or seats, if you have your Bible with you, of course you brought your Bible with you. That's why you came to church. That's the, the, the penultimate part of our service, our worship services, to get into the Word. But David Platt always says it. I just don't care. If you have your Bible, and I hope you do. I thought that was a Chandler guy. No. Oh. Chandler says, how we doing? No, how are we? That's <laughs> I think it's okay. how are we. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you have your Bible, and I hope you do. Um, yeah, I didn't know you had that pet beef because you know what I accidentally do all the time, right? I say the same, say that. I say it. So now I'm going to be. But I also think that it has been something that we have heard so many times over the years when we were growing up. Yeah. And it had just fallen right in there. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, yeah, just maybe consider using language like, let's take our Bibles out. Uh, and then you, hey, if you didn't bring one, it's okay. We, we plan on having guests here today. Right. 
we figured you might not have your Bible, so we have Bibles for you. And we are very careful to put Bibles in front of every seat. You, oh, that's every seat because fantastic. It needs to be easily accessible. All it takes is you having the Bible three seats down, and somebody's not going to tap the shoulder of their neighbor right. or scooch over and make the obvious lunge to get the Bible. So normalize having Bibles available for guests. Let them know that if they don't own one, they can take it. So I would encourage you as a church leader to maybe consider ways you can budget to give Bibles away. Here is, I'm just in that budgeting. You've got a, here, I've got to remember not to say you, we, here we have a, it's a really nice hardback ESV Bible. And it was probably wasn't too expensive. I'm no. guessing around five or six bucks a piece, maybe. Yeah, I think it's like eleven. Was it eleven? Mm-hmm. You can at my previous church at GFF, we purchased extra large print mm-hmm. um, ESV paperbacks, and the print in there is ginormous. Mm-hmm. People love them. the The initial thing was because they were paperback, they'd fall out and they yeah, get all boogered get ripped up, up, and they get ripped up. It's like I understand that. But if you can spend three or four bucks, if that's what your budget will hold, mm-hmm. like if that's what you can do, do that. And people will appreciate that extra, extra large print too. That is something we need to consider here as well, because these are tiny little things. Yeah. yeah. So it's all, it's a balance. Yeah. And then the second thing in that would be, so you have Bibles, that's normal. Let people know, hey, it's okay to, to ask your neighbor, whatever. Like if, let's say we have two services, don't tell Mark Dever. And <laughs> if... If somebody happened to take one first service and it didn't get refilled second service, then we might just put out there, hey, don't. if there's not one right in front of you, we're sorry, feel very comfortable asking your neighbor to get you one. And if there's someone around you that doesn't have a Bible, hand them one. Things like this should be said. Right. And just make that very normal as well. And then they don't feel awkward. And then also say things like, listen, if you're not familiar with the books of the Bible, we didn't. We don't have an expectation that you're going to just know where to flip open to. So go to the table of contents. Right. Nobody's judging Which is in you. the front. Right. Yes, it, which is in the front. A lot of Christians around you might just flip right to it. We hope that you learn them someday, but we're not judging you for not knowing where it is. Don't let your pride keep you from getting where you need to go in the Bible. And this is one of the things that you say that I think is fantastic. I think you picked it up from somewhere else, but it's about the numbers. Yes. Uh, speaking of Mark Dever, <laughs> um, he once said when I happened to be there for a service, uh, the the chapter numbers are the big numbers. The verse numbers are the little numbers. So I'm going to be in John 1, 6. Uh, and that helped the people get there. And it just was like, hey, again, we expect that there are going to be people in the room who don't have Bible fluency. Right. And that's okay. We, we, we're glad you're here. and We want you to learn these things. But we want you to see them in the Word. And it shows what we value. We value the Word of God speaking in, into our gathering together as believers on the Lord's Day. And I don't think that we've mentioned it before, but if you do not have a Bible at home, this is our gift to you. Please take it home. This mm-hmm. is for yourself. It's important for you to have a Bible because it is the Word of God. It is true. It will bring you peace, strength, comfort, hope, and conviction. Give them a reason why to take that home, too. Word. Word. So, challenge, just think carefully about projection. Uh, what are you projecting? Why are you projecting it? And what does that projecting of those words say about your value of the thing that they come from? Yes. And with that, we are moving on to... Stuff. Roll. Pastor. Can you... Reviews. Batter up, we have Trevor 
affectionately known as Trayvon, Trayvon. who has spent weeks preparing to give us this stuff Rural Pastors Can Use review. And if he doesn't have one, he can tell us about his last hiking trip. Oh, he has one. He has one. (laughs) Trevor's going to review a band. Are they Greek? Nope. Sure can't. You got to kiss that microphone. Closer. Nope. Slide right into Jocelyn's armpit. I do have a confession to make that I hesitate to share the band because if too many people start listening to them, I won't like them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) He is in before they're cool. Yes. And out when they are. (laughs) Anyway. So uh, this music group I started listening to this year, they're called Salos. And that's, yes, it's spelled P-S-A-L-L-O-S. Like pterodactyl or Like, yes, it has a silent P like pterodactyl Mm -hmm. or the Psalms. So um, anyway, so they are a music group and they are, uh, they're trying to put all of the 21 New Testament epistles to a song. And it's not just like music and then them reading scripture, but they're actually, it's very much like they're telling a story throughout and so for example one of the books they've done so far is jude and it's almost like i heard that you're listening to a documentary and it goes is that the one that's very close okay <laughs> yeah like <laughs> we are we are on it <laughs> so with close. our band jokes today <laughs> all right so yeah um, but yeah it's very much like a, a story so like in jude for example it's like they're going through a documentary because jude is about false teachers it's mm-hmm. like they're interviewing people who are impacted by the false teachers and so it's it's really cool that so far they have jude and romans and philippians and i think hebrews so uh, yeah are we allowed to play i have their music cue. i think are you can do up to, to 30 seconds okay. without getting shut down which one uh, should you do the, uh, jude album. oh that's a tough one Come on, deep track, hipster. 15 seconds, let's go. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, he's been preparing for this for yes, weeks. Yes, preparing for weeks. If yes. By weeks, you mean the last seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. So are you recommending start with. all of their music or just a very narrow selection? I would say all of them. I, mean, I think Jude is my favorite. Romans is also... I mean, they're all very good. Actually, you could do Philippians, Shylin is on one of the Philippian mm. songs. Okay. If you don't know who Shylin is, you probably won't like it. But <laughs> <laughs> Fellow Pennsylvanian. Uh, it's called I'm Better Than oh, You. Oh, yes. yeah. It's not. No. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing, too, is like they, well, each, like, they, they have a very broad range of music, too. Fill the pie city where my heart lies. Memories of the night, me and Silas did jail yes. time. But no worries, there's more to the story. Still feeling love for you, cause in the midst of this cold town, little bit of in the shadow of a wrong's crown, rules a little folk. Good jam. That, that's solid. Yeah. yeah, I would listen to that. So, highly recommend, but. Hopefully, too many of you don't start listening to. Them. <laughs> I will have to stop, so I'm going to get the bumper sticker, and that's how you're going to know it's time to duck out. Well done. Yeah, that's all I got. Very good. Well, rural pastors, you can use that stuff. Uh oh. <laughs> Do we have a <laughs> problem? Yeah. <laughs> SOS caught off guard. My microphone. Yes. What we would like you to do is, if you don't mind, please subscribe. To this podcast, offer a review and share it. Um, you know, if you got a five review 
five star review in you, just let it out. Yeah, let that lion roar. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate it. Just MacArthur that review. Yeah, that's right. Well, depends on. Did he say it or did somebody else say it? No, let the lion out. Oh well, he, that was he was quoting someone else. Mm. Yeah. So, but yes, you could do that. Um, and thank you for helping with that. We're going to close it out with a quote from Edward Calamy. Pray to God to give you the same spirit who wrote the word to enable you to delight in it. The word of God should be our delight, and it should be a joy to hear the saints leafing through their Bibles on a Sunday morning. Amen. As we go through the word together. Well done. Way to land that plane. Mm, Peace out. Bye-bye. Raise your Ebenezer. Joe, I'm so sorry. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Real Pastors Talk, a podcast highlighting the advancement of Christ's kingdom in rural places, just like the town Joe lives in and Joe's friends and people that Joe doesn't even know. Josh, if people want to learn more, what should they do? You can email us at realpastorstalk at gmail.com. What if they don't feel like emailing us? They can find us on Facebook or they can tweet at us. What if they don't feel like doing any of that stuff? Uh... Repent in dust and ashes. Smoke signals. That's what we got. Uh, Just a little reminder, we do want to get to know our listeners. So if you're still hanging out for this little bit of an after show that is about to end, I hope, um, please take a moment and introduce yourself to us by way of email or Facebook. Hey, Josh. Yo. I noticed something. Yes. Um, If you were to give a percentage of your Facebook posts on the Rural Pastors Talk page that get traction... Well, they get they reach no, no, no. What engagement? What? Engagement, yes. What would it be? Not spectacular. Well, <laughs> the posts I regularly post are not spectacular, and it's probably because I'm a bad graphic design artist. No, you're good. But Canva, baby. The ones where they're like, hey, the ones that I feel like are way way simple get the most traction. And that's to my point. I really appreciated you asked who are some people that we should have on the podcast. Um, by the way, if you guys know some of those people yeah, you please suggested, help us. Uh, link us up. Yeah. We would really appreciate that. Uh, but I really appreciated that one. And uh, yeah, we do appreciate engagement generally on the Facebook page. So, listener, generally, he says. jump on there, <laughs> do it, and talk to us. This is a, yeah, a community we want to we want to be a part of your your world and you to be a part of ours. All right, that's all I got to say about that. Alrighty, bye bye. Cheers. Peace.